0: This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm wearing the black blazer. Can you believe it? Uh, Last time I spoke to you about finding your soul purpose, your unique to you soul purpose, like artist, teacher, musician, reverend, healer, doctor. And I also spoke to you about my desire to speak in my black skin. Blazer, and I set the intention out there be careful what you wish for (laughs) so today I want to talk to you about finding your soul purpose the soul purpose that we all share the reason that we came here together our evolutionary soul journey our unity consciousness awakening oneness divinity Christ consciousness ascension Or whatever you choose to name it. I wrote a detailed speech comparing and contrasting all the spiritual teachings of Unity Consciousness. I spoke with Reverend Jane about it, and she said, I think you'd be much better to speak about your own spiritual journey. So you all owe Reverend Jane a huge thank you. I hope this will make you recall with appreciation your own spiritual journey, your search for unity consciousness, and maybe you'll even find this few similarities between our journeys. Nature and kindness were my religion. In my 20s, I had read Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, but that point in my spiritual journey, the really only takeaways I got was work hard, be kind, and be generous. It worked more or less for me throughout my my forties. Greg and I were driving home from Moab. As usual, I rolled down my window. Greg rolled it up. I changed the channel. A good song came on. I turned it up. Greg turned it down, changed the channel. And so it goes. If you've ever been in the car with a couple of eight-year-olds, and you can imagine this scenario. <laughs> mm-hmm. Greg was flipping through the dial and I heard this talk between Oprah and Eckhart Tolle and I said, stop, go back, let's listen. I had no idea who Eckhart Tolle was. I knew nothing about his books. It had just caught my attention. We were mesmerized for 14 hours. It was the most serene car trip we have ever had. Upon arriving home, I immediately went to the bookstore and I bought all of Eckhart Tolle's books. I started reading The Power of Now. I was reading about this thing called ego. It sounded terrible. And I was so glad I didn't have one. I mean, only arrogant people have egos. Well, by the third chapter, I realized I did have an ego. And it wasn't doing me any favors. Eckhart said, "The voice in your head is not who you are, and if you can start to become aware of this, you can use this awareness to quiet your mind, and see pauses and thoughts, pauses in your thoughts. I thought, well, a quiet mind seems like a good thing." So I started to become aware of my thoughts, look for these pauses and gaps. And I started a meditation practice. As you can imagine, I wasn't very good at it. Off to the bookstore again, and this time I came home with Michael Singer's The Untethered Soul. Michael writes about this thing called our inner roommate. Oh my God, mine was horrific. It wasn't that she was so negative, although she was very mean to me sometimes. She just wouldn't friggin' shut up. From the moment I woke up, She just repeated the same things over and over and over again. If she had been a real person, I would have excluded her from my life in a heartbeat. I read, if I let her take free reign, I would literally be insane. And I believe this. Okay. I attended a workshop on Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. I'm sure you all know them. Don't take anything personally. Be impeccable with your word. Do your best. And what's going blank on the last one? Someone help me out here. Don't make assumptions. Thank you. Well, the last three, they were going to be pretty easy for me. But this first one, not to take anything personally, that was going to be a challenge. Some context. I took everything personally, everything. If you scowled at me, I took it personally. If you didn't say hello, I took it personally. If you criticized me or corrected me, I took it personally. I was an award winner at taking everything personally, a gold medal award winner. Well, Don Miguel Ruiz seemed to know his stuff So I decided to try to incorporate his teachings. Then next came Matt Kahn. I was watching every one of his YouTube videos. And Matt was explaining to me, I could no longer be a victim. Well, I really liked blaming stuff on other people, especially members of my household that I didn't give birth to. I was gonna have to start taking responsibility for everything that happened to me. This is one of the things I miss the most. Come on, be honest. How many of you at least one time in the last year wanted to turn to your spouse or partner and shriek, this is all your fault? It kept getting Next was Byron Katie. This is her variations of the questions as I see them. Is it true? Do I absolutely know it's true? And is it possible the opposite could be true? For example, is it true that my husband just did this to annoy me? Yes. (laughs) Do I know it to be absolutely true? Well, maybe. Is it possible that he did this because he loves me? More context, I had spent my entire life being right. It wasn't that I always wanted to be right, I just was right. (laughs) And in the obscure possibility that I wasn't right, I created such a chaos and frenzy that confused everyone, so that covered it up, at least I thought so. I had to examine this possibility that I wasn't always right. And I lived in a household with another member who thought he was always right. Do you wonder how well that worked? (laughs) Not only did I realize I wasn't always right, I had to acknowledge there was another point of view besides my own that could possibly be right. Another point of view that could be correct? It was getting harder. I was losing myself. I had not set out on a spiritual journey. I was just reading some books for fun. But it was beginning to look a tiny bit like one. Ram Das is well known for his quote, love everyone and tell the truth. I also remembered the quote from Levictus love your neighbor as yourself. It's a common thread in Christianity, Judaism, Islam. I lived by that quote, but I never took it literally. I thought it just meant you should be nice to everyone. Ram Dass said, love is the doorway to oneness and harmony. It's what we're all longing for. I wasn't sure I was longing for it, but I decided to follow his advices. It wasn't like my heart was figuratively enclosed in a big block of solid ice. Rather, it was like in a mini fridge. (laughs) I had the most flexible hamstrings in yoga I could balance on one leg, but when I tried to do heart-opening poses, I sucked. I realized It was a damn mini fridge getting in the way. I had to let it go. It made me round my shoulders and bring my arms across my chest just to cover the weight of the mini fridge. I had to let it go just for my posture. So I would learn to love everyone, even those that were questionable. Ram Das said it required grace. I wasn't sure what that was or where I would find it. Wow, it was shaping up like a spiritual quest. But if you had asked me at the time, I would have said, nope, not a chance, no way. Sometimes it only takes a little crap for the light to start to get in. Next, we went to Muji's ashram for a two week stay. Muji has this thing he calls the invitation to freedom. It's a quick, simple, and powerful, fast track to divinity with God, oneness source. You drop your identity to mind and body, no work, and bam. Well, it was neither quick nor simple for me. I felt like a fish out of water, a big fraud. So I worked hard at the job I was given, And I mostly tried to hide in the shadows so that no one would notice that I was both clueless and I lacked the endless devotion that others had. The more I listened to Muji Satsangs, the more sure I became I could never do his way of teaching. The two weeks turned into three months, much to my dismay. We were told no volunteers could ever stay more than two weeks. At the end of two weeks, I was so ready to go, and then Muji says to us, you can't leave. Three months later, and I had still not dropped my mind or my body. You have to understand, I have two kids, they need a mom with a body. Can you imagine my son talking to his friend, hey, what does your mom do? His friend says, oh, my mom's a dentist. What about your mom? Oh, she's timeless and formless. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm. Back home again, I began studying the Course in Miracles. This body thing kept coming up again. One of the lessons in the Course in Miracles is I am not this body. The Course of Miracles talks about this thing called tiny mad ideas. That you and I are separate. You and I exist separately, and therefore we must struggle and fight. I love this vision of these tiny mad ideas. If you've ever seen the Nutcracker, and you've seen all those tiny fighting rats, I visualize them with little sweatshirts on that say tiny mad ideas. It's much easier to visualize fighting tiny mad ideas than duality, a veil of illusion, or Maya. Who's the enemy? Tiny mad ideas. Who's gonna win? We are. (laughs) I think the most important thing I learned from The Course of Miracles is forgiveness. This was not something I excelled at, and that was an understatement. I had in my head a spreadsheet going back to about four years of age. And it had date, person, infraction, and a rating of severity for all of my offenders. It was going to take something more powerful than just me to let this go. And equally as daunting, I had another spreadsheet. All the same details, except this one was every mistake I had ever made. It was long and unpleasant. It took a lot of affirmations, meditations to let this go. And maybe just a little bit of that grace. Good news is now, when I try to pull up the spreadsheet, I get file is no longer accessible. And I can honestly say, I could care less. The veil of my small self was slowly dropping and I was now starting to call this a spiritual journey. But this body thing kept coming up. I was studying the Bhagavad Gita. You are not a body. You are unchangeable, imperishable, immutable, and eternal wisdom is not to be identified with self one who is calm and even-minded never ruffled during pain or pleasure he alone gains consciousness of his external existence my mind was going crazy and then I remembered you can't do it with your mind it needs to be done with your heart strangely enough I remembered hearing similar philosophies through all my teachings. They just weren't getting in. I was on the wrong channel. Very recently, I was in a spirit group reading the Tao, a 5,000-year-old text by Lao Tzu, and I kept hearing the same ideas. We live beyond form. No beginning, no end. Abandon the body and re-enter the magical, mystical state of being. You must transcend this belief, you are a body, otherwise you will not reach an illuminated state of consciousness. This body thing again. I have a prayer partner. How we came together is a long shot at best. Fingerprints of the divine at work. We only shared a few months in this earth realm before she moved on. And we never met face to face, but we continue to be prayer partners. In near-death experiences, all doctors have reported two similarities across the board. The first one is upon regaining consciousness, the patient says, why did you bring me back? And the second phenomenon is that they report the most glorious feelings of unconditional love have ever felt. This is how I feel for my prayer partner from where her soul currently is. She is my polar star, setting a GPS coordinate for me so I know where I'm going next. What started as reading a few books for fun and self-improvement has brought me to the most compelling quest of all times. I wasn't sure what continued to propel me in these directions, the books, the teachers, the communities, the philosophies, all with the same underlying teachings. Now I see it to be grace. I had no idea when I heard an interview with Oprah that the path that would take me on today and where it would lead me to is here today with you. By grace. I live, by grace I am released. Grace dissolves the resistance and obstacles in my life. Every book, every teacher, every lesson, every revelation came to me somehow exactly when I was ready to receive and understand it. When you review your own spiritual journey, do you have the same awe at how everything was revealed to you, exactly what lessons your soul needed to grow at exactly the time it needed them, I guess that is grace. Change yourself and you have done your part in changing the world. I want to be in a state of unity consciousness. I want to experience oneness, ascension, source, God and in this lifetime. I believe this is the sole purpose that we all came here to do. Actually, I know it is. We are all on this journey together. I have a deep, sincere, profound longing to know you as a soul, soul to soul, to rise above duality, our mind and body, to be in one united energy field. So I close with namaste, which to me means the light in my soul honors and recognizes the light in your soul. Namaste.